1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Well, we took the month of May off. I'd like to say we did it because we were celebrating Tiger Woods' win at the Masters, but for a myriad of reasons, it has been a while, but we are back. Hello, welcome into At The Turn, Joe. Nick, is this going to work?
0: I hope so, Joe. If the fans are listening to this, just know the the list of things that have been working against At The Turn is growing by the day, but we are here to overcome obstacles like, like any true golfer, and... Um, I don't think we're going to let anything else stand in our way. It's time to give the fans what they deserve.
1: I'm excited for this program. We're going to do a U.S. Open preview. It's the sixth time it's being played at Pebble Beach. Very special location. We're going (laughs) to pick some winners. Going to do a Would You Rather. We're bringing back Would You Rather, Nick. We haven't done it in a while. We're
0: bringing back Would You Rather. It, It appears, Joe, we're also bringing back the return of Dexter and Daphne barking in the background. They have been passed out of sleep for the last three hours, but as soon as we started this call, he started bouncing <laughs> off the walls. So this is going to be a fun episode.
1: I can't wait. Let's start with Hank Haney. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I just wanted to hit it. Did you see when this happened this week?
0: Yeah, Hank Haney just basically disregarding women's golf and those who
1: play it. Yeah, so news to me, Hank Haney has a radio show on Sirius, and he was talking about, well, I think he was asked about the U.S. Women's Open, which, by the time you're listening to this, has wrapped up, and his co-host asked him uh, who's going to win, and he said he couldn't name six players. He said, I'm going to predict a Korean, and then his co-host said that's a pretty safe bet, and then Haney said, quote, that's going to be my prediction I couldn't name you, like, six players in the LPGA Tour. And he's like, well, I'd go with Lee if I didn't have to have a first name. I'd get a bunch of them right. I don't know. Lexi Thompson, Michelle Weishert. I don't know that many. And just those comments themselves, they're not, like, terrible. But it's just this creeping misogyny, right? It's like he's just trying to keep the women's game down. Like, maybe not intentionally, but when someone of that fame in the golf world trivializes literally the most important tournament of the year on the LPGA Tour, and then throws in some racism as well, saying it's going to be a Lee because there's so many Korean players who were successful on the Tour, it's just really dumb. And it is tantamount to me to professional basketball, right? Like, there's a lot of people who try to keep the WNBA down, and you never see fellow players do that. You never see NBA players criticize the WNBA. It's always idiot fans or media. And it's just this casual, creeping misogyny. And I, it, it just pisses me off, man.
0: It, it wouldn't take somebody of like Hank Haney who has a golf show on Sirius Radio to go and just do a little bit of research or maybe tune into the coverage for 30 minutes and, and see what it's all about. Because, like you said, they're out there working just as hard as anybody else and just to to minimize it and just play it off like it's not important and it's just overrun by Koreans and it, if that's a bad thing like what why does it even matter just just do your job and do a little bit of research to even know that the tournament's coming up know who's playing in it know who's you know who are the top 10 or 15 or 20 you know women golfers in the world and be able to speak knowledgeably about it if it is indeed your job
1: Michelle, we put out on Twitter as a Korean American female golfer, these comments that at Hank Haney, good for you for adding him, made uh, disappoint and anger me on so many different levels. Racism and sexism are no laughing matter. Hank, shame on you. I don't ever do this, but this must be called out. And to your point, Nick, like, okay, if you don't follow the LPGA tour, that's fine. Just all you have to say is it's the biggest tournament of the year. There's a lot of great golfers. I haven't been following the tour very much, but it's going to be a great event. You should tune in. Just say that.
0: (laughs) If only, if only, I'm sure he wishes he did. Now, I haven't seen, I saw that from Michelle Wee, which I thought was great to bring attention to this because she has a huge following. She was just on the cover of Golf Magazine. Like for all the work that is being done to promote women's golf, you know, for, for Hank Haney to bring it down, I will give women's golf, a little plug women's golf day, June 4th coming up. So tune in. I took my wife to the golf course today. Uh, women's golf, women's golf day, man. It's all about it. I look forward to any opportunity to, you know, praise the women who put in the work. I think it's great. I love seeing women on the golf course.
1: Yeah. Women golfers from 100 yards in, I would say are better than the men. Their, their wedge games are incredible. It's just, amazing when you watch a LPGA tour event and the, the, you know, five, let's just say at the top of the leaderboard, how they stuff those wedges consistently is just incredible. Like it's a different game. A few of them are power players like Lexi Thompson overpowers golf courses, but a lot of them just use craft and guile and good putting and great wedge games. Like it's very entertaining golf. And I hate that it's trivialized. The winner this week got a million dollars. It's the biggest check ever on the LPGA awesome. tour. It it is awesome. And I just don't understand why, even if you don't like women's golf, you should still, if you are a golf fan, want it to succeed. Because golf from like taking this from a bigger perspective, the biggest criticism of golf is how exclusive it is. And if some like high school golfer who is female hears Hank Haney say this, like, how's she gonna feel about this? Like she doesn't matter and her game doesn't matter. It's just it pisses me off. It's done way too often, and he should be a lot i mean Hank Haney isn't necessarily a genius when it comes to media training, but he should be smart enough to not say something like this it it I just hate it
0: he should be smarter than that. I actually think that there are more people promoting it, and I think it's there it you know it's growing and growing. Uh, I, I think Hank Haney's kind of in the in the old minority uh, of kind of old school thought. I, I definitely think there's some momentum behind it. Like I said, Michelle, we being on the cover of Golf Magazine is awesome. I think there are a lot more female golfers getting attention. I think it's great. So, um, you know, I think it's on me and you. We could probably cover it a little bit more. We used to we used to have uh, a, a regular bit, but, um, you know, maybe we should bring that back. But I think it's great. Um, enjoy Women's Golf Day on June 4th. I'm going to give just a quick plug. Since I did bring my wife to the golf course today, she, after five holes, we were playing nine. She said, Nick, you beat me on all five holes. I said, well, what's the score of our match then? She said, five and four. I was like, all right, that's awesome. Then she proceeded to make a birdie on a par five where she carried a water hazard that was 185 yards out, stuffed her approach or her second shot to like 20 feet and barely missed her eagle putt and tapped in for birdie. So... (laughs) That was probably the most fun fifteen minutes I've had on a golf course in a really long time.
1: Wow! Congrats, Ash. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, all right. Would you rather? So, my inspiration for this question is a round that I played recently. Um, managed to get off at Pumpkin Ridge, Nick, site of the two thousand three U.S. Women's Open, uh, and it was the the forecast. We booked the tee time was sunny, eighty degrees. We booked it a week in advance because we got a killer deal. Every day that we got closer to the actual tee time occurring, the forecast got worse and worse. And by the day before, the only time it was going to rain in North Plains where the course is located were between the hours of 11 and 3. We teed off at 11. But we decided we're going to get through it. The deal was too great. We had to do it. So we tee off. And I won't take you through the whole round. But suffice to say it rained 14 of the 18 holes. A couple of downpours. But it was amazing because... Literally no one else was on the golf course. We had the entire golf course to ourselves. And because it's this time of year, there was like a sustained dry period beforehand. So the golf course was still in amazing shape, even when it rained, like on the 18th green putts were still rolling and trickling past the hole. It was incredible. So very soggy day, but it was an adventure. It's around. We'll certainly never forget. And uh, yeah. So the would you rather is, would you rather play? in rain or wind?
0: It sounds like we're going to be on the same team on this because for the reasons you just mentioned, I would rather play in rain if it's not that torrential downpour type rain. Um, but the rain keeps people away from courses, and I think nothing makes golf more enjoyable than when there's nobody else on the course or you hardly you know see anybody, any, anybody else, any other groups. I don't mind playing on a congested course, but it just becomes a different round but when you're the only people out there and you don't have to run into people not waiting on anybody nobody's hitting into you it makes it a lot more enjoyable and so even just a little bit of rain keeps 75 percent of the golfers off the course and that makes it so worth it the wind you know it can be tough you get the wind burn you, you know you don't feel good afterwards it's tougher to play in i think especially if it's you know swirling and in whatnot um rain doesn't really bother me i've got some good rain gear i'd rather just um enjoy it like like you guys had around where there was hardly anybody else out there and uh you know course isn't too affected and you just play golf
1: i think thinking about playing in rain is worse than playing in rain like the idea that you have to go play in rain seems kind of daunting until you're actually doing it like you get your towels going you get your umbrellas just make sure you're very prepared with the rain gloves and everything. Like it's certainly more work than the wind. Cause the wind, you just got to change clubs based on what it's doing. But if you're prepared and you get out there, it's actually really kind of fun to play in the rain. I wouldn't want to do it every week. Like I'm fine. If that was my one, like really rainy round of the year, but it thins the herd, man. People just don't want to do it. Yeah.
0: They don't do it at all. People will, there's such fair weather golfers. So, um, I'll take it. I'd, I'd like to be the
1: benefit beneficiary of that. Um, you were a mark in a PGA tournament? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What happens? How
0: about this? So uh, I took a job recently for the New England PGA. There's 41 PGA sections in the country. So I work in the New England PGA section. We run tons of tournaments. So I was at this tournament that teed off at like 7.50 a.m., 7.30 a.m., like two hours from my house. We get there two hours before. So I, I've been up and at them on the road since like 3.30 in the morning. And... I'm hanging out, like taking some photos. First groups are about to tee off, and we got groups teeing off in the first and the tenth holes. And a kid I work with calls me over. And he's like, hey, "Nick, come here. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit! Like, what? What am I doing wrong now? Like, what? what please help me! Like, I'm I'm exhausted already. It's not even eight a.m." And he's just like, "You got your clubs with you?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Go to the tenth hole. You got a mark." And I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! What? <laughs> like, so many things are going through my head right now, but..." I'm just like, holy shit, I got to go over there. And the 10th hole was like a mile away. Like, I literally had to go get in my car, drive down a road, I find it. So I'm, the whole time I'm thinking like, okay, do I have enough balls in my bag? I just played the day before and lost like a dozen balls. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. P- like, people are going to be watching, like, seeing me tee off. Like, I better be able to hit the ball. This guy needs a mark. Like, his partners didn't show up. I'm like, what is going on? So I pull up to the 10th hole. So there's two groups on the hole. There's the, the guy I'm marking with the group behind him, a rep from Titleist, another one of my coworkers, <laughs> and it's a dogleg with like the first 100 yards or water. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> and open my bag, thank God I found a glove and a couple, a couple of ice balls. And I'm just like basically shitting my pants. Cause I'm like, if I, if I hit it all right, it's fine. It's no big deal. But if I, if I don't hit it good, like this is gonna be the absolute worst. And uh, thank God, I (laughs) I stepped up and and I hit my tee shot pretty good. I hit a three wood out there pretty good. Um, Ended up playing four holes. I didn't hit a fairway or a green, (laughs) but I I never was looking for my ball. I was you know I never missed a fairway or a green by more than five yards. I was right there. Man, it was such a relief. I uh, I played four holes three over. So for me, I was I was like I was was pretty stoked. I, I was massively relieved and this guy's partners uh showed up and, on the fifth hole or i guess the whatever 14th hole but who it, w- it was uh what a thrill
1: wow man well <laughs> first of all congratulations because that sounds like a very good, i mean obviously you didn't get a chance to warm up you just grab your clubs no, and literally just and...
0: raced out of my car it was already five minutes behind by the time i got to the tee box obviously so i just had to stand up there and, and take a
1: whack wow i'm proud of you buddy that's <laughs> I mean, if you if you plug one in the water, if you top that first tee shot, it's like, what the hell do I do now? That,
0: that first tee shot dictated the, the entire way that went. I had no idea at that point if his guys were coming, if I was going to play 18 holes, if I was going to play one hole. I, I had absolutely no idea. I was just like, I just have to go up here and I, I have to find the center of the club face. So and, uh, thank God I did.
1: <laughs> for, for people who aren't familiar, um, can, can you just give a quick explanation of what a Mark is and like what your role was and why you had to play with him?
0: Yeah, so, well, he was out in the first group of the day, and I kind of, basically a Mark is somebody who's not competing in the tournament but plays along somebody who might be a single or need to help keep pace, and, and they can kind of choose if they want to play with a Mark or not. And my mindset, the first couple holes was, just don't be looking for your ball. Just hit it, find it, hit it again. Like, don't take your, it's not about me. It's not the Nick show as much as I want it to be. It's about, <laughs> it's about this guy and his experience. But then I, I was talking to him a little bit and I kind of put two and two together and it was a, it's a best ball format tournament. And he had two partners and they were on there. We played at this place called Montepoiset and they showed up to a course called Wanamoisit, which was about an hour away. Mm -hmm. so they were on their way and so after a couple holes i realized i said hey you probably want me to play slow don't you and he's like yeah that'd be preferable because basically he wanted to buy time so he'd be playing with his partners as much as possible and not be on his own ball so then i kind of took a deep breath um slowed down quite a bit you know took my time over my putts and all that stuff um but yeah i mean it was uh like i said it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty intense for a minute there. But once I, once I found the sound of the club face, I uh, wasn't too worried anymore.
1: <laughs> well, I'm damn proud <laughs> right of you, buddy. I no, appreciate that.
0: Because you, it, it could have gone unimaginably bad.
1: I mean, and... hell. I mean, I'm, I'm a six handicap, and I could have topped it in the water. Like, you know, you know you know, what I mean? It's just like that could being put in that situation, no warm-up. It's like that is a high stress. So have you, have you played golf since then?
0: Yeah, I played. Okay, I played today. Did you shoot sixty-eight? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that. It, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the. That's probably the best four holes I've struck the ball all year, which is probably the best four holes I could have chose <laughs> to do that. So, yeah, what a relief.
1: Uh, you put this topic in there, and I'm glad you did because it's something I've kind of thought about for a while. Uh, the difference between rangefinder people and GPS watch people. So. I am a GPS watch person. I have a very like thin Garmin deal and it's very bare bones. It tells you front, middle, back, tells you how far bunkers are and some water, and keeps your score, some some stats, you know, putts, fairways, greens, that sort of thing. Whenever I see a, a rangefinder person, I always find myself like either not trusting them or like I don't know. I've never used a rangefinder. Um, I'm just used to the GPS watch. So I don't really trust it for some reason
0: well i think from what i've been sensing i also am a watch person i think we're in the minority because the reason why i put this on there i've used a watch for a while i i like the watch i'll go into that a little later but i've been noticing a lot of rangefinder people and i'm at i'm at tournaments where you know you know golf professionals you pga professionals which makes sense they can hit it too they can get an exact yardage to the pin whereas the watch is just to the center of the green you can kind of move it around but you're not Shooting an actual thing, and, and they can probably hit yardages better than you and I can. I just need a you know, I just need a 10 yard increment, that's fine, whatever. Um, so that kind of makes sense, but I've been noticing that everybody everywhere I've gone, people are using the rangefinders, and I haven't seen anybody with the watch. And then last weekend, I show up to the local buck a hole nine, nine hole track. And there was like four different people with the exact same watch I had. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I was like, is this, a, is this like a divisive thing? Is like a different class of golfer who uses a watch versus a rangefinder? So I, I guess I didn't really know the answer, but I, I I like getting the stats. You know, it tells me how far I hit my clubs, it tells me, you know, same thing, putts, and you know, what area of my game can use more improvement than others. Um, and it's easier, I just have to look at it. It's always telling me the yardage, whether I'm using it or not. I don't have to stop get out of my bag, you know, use binoculars, shoot it, put it. It's just, it seems easier for me, but I just didn't know if it was like a different class of golfer. Uh, if it was kind of like, you know, you're a rangefinder, or you're a watch golfer.
1: That's a really interesting point. I've never really considered it, but now that I'm thinking back on it, like when I played in some tournaments, like I played in a tournament last summer, which had some pretty serious golfers in it. Um, and I was playing with a, a couple, I think, You know, everyone in my group finished in the top 15. So there were some good golfers Um, and they were they were they were rangefinder guys. Are we are we like yokels for going out there with watches or like do people do any scratch golfers use a watch? I mean, I don't
0: think so. I I think I think we are like the mockery of of the golf. (laughs) The weekend warrior. I mean, I think. I think that we I'm just coming to this realization. I think I think we're wearing jean shorts, man.
1: Wow. Shit, we are wearing jean shorts, aren't we?
0: I'm not gonna stop.
1: I'm not gonna guess, stop either.
0: I guess it's just it's just worth knowing that that, that we're out there rocking our jorts, man. And
1: <laughs> we're just pieces of shit out there <laughs> trying to do our best. We're
0: gonna have to bring a PBR next time. I and mean, then I don't know, to go wear some sandals. I, I, I just I just don't know. Wow. Yeah. I mean I, I like my watch. I got a Garmin watch. I, do I love it, dude. I love it.
1: I I I love mine so much that I could not find it like the night before my round and I was like kind of in a panic thinking like, oh my like, I got to like walk over to sprinkler heads and like do all <laughs> that kind of stuff uh, cuz yeah. you you get so used to it and I the information that actually helps me the most I feel like. So here I'll I'll advocate for the watch in this way. And you can do this with a rangefinder obviously, but <laughs> me and my simple mind with my jean shorts out there, it's a lot easier for me to compute if I see front, middle, back. It actually makes me think about, you know, the strategy a lot more because just knowing the depth of the green instantaneously really helps. If I see there's trouble long, then I can just say, okay, well, if I'm 40 yards short of the pin, that's fine because the green starts at X. So it just allows me to compute and I think save a lot of strokes, Um uh, so I'm not going to stop, I guess, is my point either, yeah. e- even though I know this.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not going to stop either. I, I have two examples from my nine-hole round today. The, the hole before, I had just hit the green and went over. The greens were a little bit firm. It was like the third hole. I'm like, okay, these, these are firm. Then I started playing to the front yardage, and boom, right, right there. And then that par five where my wife birdied, she had to carry some water. And I'm like, my watch has the hazards on it. I'm like, hey, Ash, it's 185 to carry that water. <laughs> and she, she just looked at me so pissed off that I didn't think she could do it. And then she stuffed it in the fairway 220 out there.
1: <laughs> what, did she, what did she hit?
0: She hit a driver. What? Yeah. Oh. She, she hit driver two, I don't know, must have been at least 215 in the fairway. Then she had like, I don't know what in, like a nine iron or eight iron. She, she hit an iron up there to 20 feet. Man, it, it was incredible. It was awesome.
1: Wow. She, yeah. <laughs> Nine iron in on a par five? What a beast!
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah she cranked it out there. So, Go it, yeah, man. I'm all about the watch, man. I, I guess we just have to know that we are, that we're out there in the minority, just kind of being dweebs. But that's fine. I'm cool with it.
1: I'm a dweeb, man. It's all good. <laughs> uh, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about the U.S. Open. Well, Nick, uh, I was doing a little bit of guerrilla advertising out of Pumpkin Ridge. Uh, sprayed, sprayed a few golf balls. With the At The Turn logo on them, they're Vice Golf Balls. I hope someone finds them, they treasure them. Uh, Apparently, a lot of new exciting stuff is coming out in the fall for Vice. Hopefully, we have more information about that in the coming weeks. But if you want the best golf ball on the market for half the price of what you pay for Schmidelist, go to vicegolf.com, use promo code HYBRID, H-Y-B-R-I-D. You get free shipping anywhere in the United States of America.
0: All right, we're on to the U.S. Open.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the U.S. Open, man. So uh, this is the sixth time it's being played at Pebble Beach. Can you name the winners of the previous five U.S.? No, I'm not going to do that to you. So in 1972, uh, Jack Nicholas won. 82, Tom Watson. 92, Tom Kite. 2000, Tiger Woods in the best performance in U.S. Open history, winning that one by 15 shots. And then in 2010, Nicholas. can you name the most recent winner at the U.S. Open at Pebble? He's from he's from Northern Ireland and it's not Rory McIlroy Graham McDowell Graham McDowell won. Oh,
0: that's what I was 20. gonna say you didn't have to give me that hint Joe that was on the tip of my tongue
1: <laughs> So yeah it's gonna be at Pebble I'm I'm very excited about it uh, I'm actually going with uh, the old man We're going on Tuesday for some of the practice stuff so we'll be very excited about that I'll put it all over the Twitter stuff So you guys can uh, see a bunch of grainy pictures of Ernie Els from far away that'll be very exciting um but yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. The U.S. Open, I would say, besides the Masters, is my second favorite tournament of the year. And I always like it when it's at a venue where um, there's a lot of history and you can point to a lot of things and kind of have an idea of the sort of player you think will win this week. Do you, do, do you feel like you have a good handle on the field going into uh, this U.S. Open? I,
0: I think I have an idea of the kind of player who I think is going to win. And I think that's the player who can hit fairways and a player who can roll his rock.
1: Okay. Um, do, you want to, do you want to do ping pong where we both name our... So for the, for the majors, Nick and I pick our dark horse, our contender, and our winner. Um, neither of us picked Tiger, did we?
0: No. But win I love it because we didn't, we didn't pick him to win the Masters and he won. So I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather be wrong and have Tiger just rack up the majors than, than be right, and I told you so, and uh, don't have Tiger as a winner.
1: Who's your dark horse, Nick?
0: My dark horse is Jordan Speeth. And I know in 2015, i get hit in the face for calling him a dark horse. But not in 2019. He has he has been behind the scenes, very much so. But Jordan Speeth is trending nicely. He's had a couple of nice finishes. Um, he had a nice finish at the PGA. I think he was in the top five in the most recent major. And Joe, he is fourth on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. So for that reason... I got Jordan Spieth as my dark horse.
1: Yeah, Spieth was in the hunt at Memorial, uh, picked up a, a top ten finish, tied for seventh there. So I like that. Nick, I'm going with someone who's not playing good golf right now as my dark Love horse, it. fan favorite Phil Mickelson. I got to do it. Phil won the tournament at Pebble this year. He's won the stinking thing five times. Nick, I don't know if you know this, Phil Mickelson has never won the U.S. Open. <laughs> I did. You know
0: what? I heard that, but I, I didn't believe it. I didn't know if it was true.
1: Yeah. So but five si- majors. Si- yep. Five majors, six times a runner up at the U.S. Open, which is, uh, I believe, the most in golf history. Um, the epic stat. Look, I just hope my man makes the cut. Just just <laughs> make the cut, Phil. Stick around for the weekend. He has not been playing well. Um, the stretches in which Mickelson is a factor in tournaments It's less than it used to be. I mean, look, he's pushing 50. You're going to expect that. But he's had a win each of the last two seasons in big events. Pebble this year. He won the Mexico Championship last year. So it's not like he doesn't have anything left in the tank. Not been playing good as of late. But I think he's going to have a chance. He's my dark horse, Nick.
0: All right, Joe. My contender, a guy I've kind of had his back all year long. And gosh, he's number one in the FedEx Cup right now. He's got two wins and a second already this season. He is eighth on the PGA tour in driving accuracy and first in greens in regulation. None other, none other than Matt Coocher.
1: Yeah, that's the most boring pick, Matt Coocher. So Cooch, um, Cooch, did finish tied for sixth in twenty ten at Pebble. So there's a little something too.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's he's rocking those those real nice shoes. So comfortable out there. Oh man, there's he's he's you know, he's he's gonna be up for it.
1: I mean, look, if there's a rain delay and they have to play 36 in a day, he may have the advantage because he's so comfortable out there. Exactly. Um, okay, so my contender literally just won the memorial tournament Patrick Cantlay. It was his second PGA Tour win, uh, he was 15th in the world going into this event. He's finished in the top 10 in both majors, tied for ninth at the Masters, tied for third at the PGA. My guy makes a lot of birdies. He's very steady out there. Uh, he did not play at Pebble this year. He pulled out at the last minute. But Cantlay is my contender at the U.S. Open. All right.
0: Not bad. Joe, my winner, this guy wins half the majors. And <laughs> <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. So I'm going to go with Brooks Kepka. I mean, for none of the reason that I don't want to go against him.
1: Okay, I like it. Uh, My winner had the 54-hole lead at the 2010 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. He did finish tied for eighth after hanging an 82 on the board on Sunday. This was one of the majors that certainly got away from Dustin Johnson. Um, He's he's my winner, Nick. He's won twice at Pebble. Um, He is a beast at the U.S. Open. He's had a top five in four out of the last five U.S. Opens, including a win. He plays well in this event. He has his whole career. Uh, I think DJ is due to win another major. He just hasn't won enough in his career, um, you know, compared to how many tour wins he had, has had in his career. So I kind of think DJ gets it done this week, exercises some of the demons. He's just too talented only to win one major in his career.
0: It's true, and it's kind of crazy to say that a guy with 20 PGA Tour wins is an underachiever, but I would say
1: that's probably the word I would use about Dustin Johnson if his career ended today. I mean, he's, he's in that category. Um, do, you, do you think Tiger... Tiger uh, had a nice little uh, backdoor top 10 this week at Memorial. He had a, a bitchin' Sunday. He was 31 going out, and he had a putt to go th- for 30. He had a putt to go 600 through 9 at the Memorial. He missed it, still had a good round. Um, you know, look, Tiger won the U.S. Open at Pebble before. He's won the tournament itself several times. So I don't know. If, if Tiger yeah. wasn't contention, it's not going to surprise me.
0: No. I said going into the Masters, I would be more surprised if Tiger finished in the top three than if he missed the cut. But nothing, no performance from Tiger other than a missed cut would surprise me. I mean, I think if he wins, I won't be surprised. I will be thrilled. Um, if he's, you know, top five, top ten, I mean, he's, he's definitely there. He's playing well. Um, I, I love his schedule. He basically just play, plays like the majors and maybe one tournament in between. It's, it's, it's pretty badass. Um, you know, he's coming in hot, he's gonna be ready. I can't wait. I, I have high expectations for Tiger.
1: I agree. One other guy that uh, you should probably keep an eye on, Martin Keimer. Uh, he had the lead going into Sunday at Memorial. Um, shot par, played decent, but Martin Keimer is kind of a weird dude. Uh, he's he's German, that part's not weird, but he's won. Two majors. He's won the Players Championship. And he's certainly one of those players that like gets really hot and performs at an incredibly high level. I went to the 2014 uh, o- U.S. Open at Pinehurst that he won. He was a wire-to-wire winner. I think he won by like seven or eight shots. He just blew the field away. And he has that kind of talent. Um, I, think, I think Martin Keimer would not be surprised if he had a top 20 or even a top 10 at the U.S. Open at Pebble.
0: It's an interesting kind of backdoor dark horse you snuck in there, Joe.
1: Yeah. Also... Watch out for the Barn Rat. The Barn Rat's playing well. He uh, He's yet to win a major this year, which is a little surprising to me considering we've played he's two. He
0: only got two left.
1: <laughs> to, to remind you, I have a fun bet out there. 50-1 to 1 for the Barn Rat to take home a major this I, year.
0: I hope he gets it done. I hope he at least makes the cut, gets in contention. It'll be fun to watch him on the weekend with, uh, with those odds. That Hell yeah,
1: man. Well, it sounds in. like the dogs want us to wrap up. Should we put a bow on? had enough. all right make sure you use that promo code hybrid h-y-b-r-i-d get free shipping anywhere in the u.s at vicegolf.com your balls your backpacks your bags do they sell umbrellas i need a new golf umbrella they do have umbrellas
0: and uh, okay i got one but one is not enough in this household
1: (laughs) all right buddy uh let's talk soon aren't you going to wait, wait you're going to paris soon right
0: yeah, I'm, I'm going to Paris for the uh, Women's World Cup. I will Damn. be there in uh, less than two weeks. Two weeks from today, I will be at the United States versus Chile Women's World Cup game. So, uh, take that.
1: Are you guys going to paint your faces and stuff? Uh, no. <laughs> <looking> at us. <laughs> well, enjoy the hell out of France. Um, let's talk when you get back. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time.
0: I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat.